Welcome to the Dry Bones Ministries podcast. Each week, we'll bring you inspiring homilies and powerful stories from real Catholics, all about the truth, goodness, and beauty of Christ and His Church. If you're interested in supporting the work that we're doing, you can visit drybonespgh.org or follow us on social media at drybonespgh. Thanks for joining us. We hope that you are reminded of how much the Lord loves you and that you hear His invitation for you to come to life. This is what Jesus says in the gospel. You've heard this a thousand times. I love it in Latin. It's ego sum. Ego sum is I am. Ego sum pastore bonus, which is I am the good shepherd. John chapter 10, verse 11. It's a, it's a powerful line. How many of you have heard of Jesus as the good shepherd? All of us, right? We've seen the paintings. We've seen the statues, the sheep on the shoulders of Jesus, right? He is the good shepherd. Here's what's so interesting, folks. In order to really understand the New Testament, we have to understand a bit about the Old Testament. Because the New Testament was written with the Old Testament as the context. To just know that Jesus is the good shepherd, is like, oh, it's really nice, it's beautiful, you know, he's going to lead us to green pasture. But to understand why Jesus says I am the good shepherd, you got to go back to the Old Testament. Here's the thing. What God promises in the Old Testament, he fulfills in the New Testament. And what God fulfills in the New Testament, he wants to do in our lives. What you see Jesus doing in the New Testament, he wants to do in our lives. So to understand Jesus is the good shepherd, we got to go back to Ezekiel chapter 34. I love the Old Testament. These guys were fiery. The Old Testament prophets, fiery. Ezekiel's writing around the year 500 BC. It's during the Babylonian exile, which is kind of wild. Babylon, if you think of King Nebuchadnezzar, right? Meshach, Shadrach, Abednego. It's all around that time period, right? Nebuchadnezzar, the, the Babylonians come from the east. They sack Jerusalem and they take the exiles of Jerusalem, those that didn't kill, back into Babylon, right? And so Ezekiel is speaking to the exiled people, and he's speaking to the leaders of the people. That is, you've heard these names before. The chief priests, the scribes, the Pharisees. And this is what God says through the prophet Ezekiel. I want to read it to you because it's colorful language. He says, woe to you, shepherds of Israel. You've been pasturing yourselves. So you haven't been pasturing the sheep. You've fed off of their milk. You've worn their wool. You've slaughtered the fat. But the sheep you haven't pastured. You didn't bring back the straight. You didn't seek the lost, heal the sick, or bind up the injured. So the sheep are scattered for a lack of shepherds. I feel like that sometimes in the Catholic Church. Don't you know sheep are scattered right now, right? Lack of shepherds. And here's the promise. Here's the promise that God makes in the Old Testament. It says, because you haven't shepherded my sheep, you chief priests, I'm going to shepherd them. Listen to these words that God says. He says, I'll be their shepherd. I'll lead my people to rest because you haven't done it. You were supposed to. You haven't done it. The lost I will seek out, the straight I will bring back, the injured I will bind up, and the sick I will heal, right? So that's the context of the good shepherd. Ezekiel says, or God says through Ezekiel, I'm tired of my shepherds not shepherding my people, so therefore I myself will shepherd them. I will be their good shepherd. And then Jesus shows up on the scene. And what do we see him doing before he says it? We see him doing all the things that Ezekiel said God would do. We see him healing the sick, going in. You remember the raising a girl from the dead, he, lepers, the deaf, the mute. He's healing everybody. He's binding up the injured. He's leading the stray back. He's going out. Remember the prostitute, bringing her back into the fold. You guys don't seem very moved, by the way. 
I mean, I'm like all in on this homily. You guys like, meh, <laughs> jury's out. So what's it have to do with me? Old Testament, New Testament, my life. Would your life look any different if you didn't come to Mass on Sunday, by the way? You know what I'm saying? We're supposed to change, right? We're supposed to be transformed. We're supposed to be holy. If you never came to Mass, you didn't believe in God, would your life look any different than it does right now? It's an interesting question. So what's it have to do with me? Here's what it has to do, at least with me. I need a good shepherd. And I just do. Because I, I have wounds that need healed. Bind it up. There's parts of me that, that have strayed right in my sinful. I need, I need a good shepherd to bring me back. I, I, I need direction in my life, right? Like I need a good shepherd to walk with me and to walk in front of me and to show me which is the path of life to follow him. I need a good shepherd to lead me into verdant pastures, to give rest to my weary soul. I can be worn out just like you guys can be worn out with life. It can be exhausting. St. Paul calls this life a race, right? Sometimes we can be running through it. We need a shepherd to come next to us and I need him. Just do. I need a good shepherd. If you guys ever, I can't remember his name right now, the Olympian runner, Derek Redman. Have you guys ever heard of Derek Redman? Jeez, this homily's really bombing. <laughs> I watched the video of Derek Redman recently. Go watch his video. It's incredible. And it's like set to the music, you know, you raised me up. Who's that guy, Josh Groban? So I'm like sitting in there, watching it, just crying. Father Tim's in the next room, like, dude, are you all right? Like, oh, the allergies are terrible. And uh, Derek Redman seemed like a, a great man, a, a guy you want to cheer for. He's just world-renowned sprinter. Won a lot of races, but he never won the gold in the Olympics. And he always got injured. Like, you feel bad for this guy. He's just like, a champion, but he get injured, get injured. He's plagued by injuries his whole life, pursuing the gold medal. The 92 Olympics, it was Barcelona, if you remember. The 92 Olympics, Derek Redman was slated to win the gold medal. Going to win the gold medal. Like, and the race starts. Gun goes off. Derek Redman sets up. Incredible off the blocks. He's going to win, folks. He's going to win the gold medal. The, the, the dream that he has pursued his entire life, and he's a good man. You want to cheer for this guy. The dream he's pursued, he's going to capture finally. And 200 meters into a 400-meter sprint, boom, tears his hamstring. Doesn't just pull it, tears it. The video is extraordinary, folks. He collapses onto the ground. But, but it's not a collapse be, just because of the pain of the injury. It's a collapse because of the lifetime of working to this, and it's over. Not just the race. His career is going to end this way. And so he collapses onto the ground, right? And he's on the ground. And the stretchers start to come out. The medics start to come out. And he gets up. Like he gets up off the ground. And he starts to limp around the track towards the finish line. And then the most beautiful part is a man comes out of the stands, an older gentleman, comes over the barrier and starts to make his way towards the track. It's Derek Redman's dad. He's making his way. His son is 
limping around the track, tears falling from his eyes. And Derek Remnant's dad is coming onto the track. And the security guards are trying to hold his dad back. You think he can hold his dad back? No, no, he's going to get to his son. He's going to get to his son. So he pushes them away and he grabs his son around the waist. And his son puts his arm, just like the good shepherd, puts his arm around his dad. And they're limping along. And Derek said to his dad, Dad, you don't have to do this. And, and Derek's dad says back to him, Son, I know, but I love you. And I'm with you. And we're going to finish this race together. And to 65,000 fans standing and cheering, Derek and his dad crossed the finish line. See what love the Father has bestowed on us. That he's given us a good shepherd. And that's the analogy, folks, that the Father sees us around the track of life where we're trying to go. We're trying to make it to the finish, but we're just kind of hampering along like can hardly, and the Father in Jesus runs to us. That's what Jesus is. He's the running of the Father into our, runs to us and embraces us and, I'm with you. And I love you. And I'd like to finish this race together with you because you're not strong enough to finish it the way that I want you to finish it alone. So here's the invitation on Good Shepherd Sunday. That's what this Sunday is called because of the gospel. To turn to your Good Shepherd. When you're overwhelmed with guilt, turn to him in the sacrament of confession. I just went to confession yesterday. I'm like, Lord, the same sins. Really, I confess every two weeks. I'm like going to, I just need your mercy. I need your compassion. I ran to him, to my brother priest, right? In the sacrament of confession, I hear his words of absolution. Run to your good shepherd. When you need truth, when you need wisdom and guidance for your life, run to him in the scriptures and the teachings of the church and the Bible studies we have. When you're tired of the chaos and the noise of outside, this church is so simple and so quiet during the day. I love when I'm here, people stopping in to pray. Run to Jesus here in the simplicity and the silence of the church. When you're totally worn out and you need strength, run to the good shepherd. He feeds you with his very body and blood in the Eucharist. Stop running around the track alone. You're not alone. You have a good shepherd who loves you and who will never lead you astray. But that if you let him, if you'll let him be your friend, he'll bring you into verdant pastures.